Hi, I'm Paul Marsh, and welcome to the fourth episode of the AFL Players Association's Captain's Call podcast, a series where I speak with the AFL club captains, male and female, to learn about their differing leadership styles and how they navigate through the many challenges associated with their roles. I was over in WA in the pre-season and caught up with Eagles captain Shannon Hearn, and what you see with Shannon is definitely what you get from, from a knockabout country boy at heart. In this podcast, we talked about how we nearly lost him to cricket, what it was like to captain the Eagles during the 2015 Grand Final and what he's learnt from his time as captain of the Eagles. And really interesting to me, how players react to getting challenged and whether direct feedback is the right leadership approach. Shannon is probably having his best season to date and the Eagles are flying and there's no doubt about that, that there'd be a large part due to his leadership. Enjoy the chat. I'm here at uh, Subiaco Oval this morning, the home of the West Coast Eagles, with uh, the captain of the West Coast Eagles, Shannon Hearn. Um, welcome, Shannon. Great to be talking to you this morning. Yeah, thanks, Marshy. You're about to enter your 13th season as a West Coast Eagles player. Um, 223 games, and this is your fifth season you're about to enter as, as captain. Um, I think you'd be regarded within the AFL circles as one of the most reliable and, and solid players in the game. Um, after having spoken to a number of your teammates, also one of the most reliable and solid blokes. So it's great to be talking to you. I want to start with, um, we nearly lost you to, to cricket, actually. I was working cricket back in the day, but you received a rookie contract in South Australia and a stellar underage career career. What was the decision there between footy and cricket? Um, yeah, well, I was just very fortunate enough growing up, you know, I had to play cricket in the summer, footy footy in the winter, and uh, probably got to about well, year 12, so 17, um, and just had to decide what I thought I'd like to do and I probably felt cricket was um I had to probably be another three to four four years away from being able to probably be um um good enough to be able to play some really good um state state well not state cricket grade cricket and then get selected um hopefully so I just felt cricket was uh, football was a bit closer um to play so that was that was just the main decision in the end so have you ever regretted it um, not, no, not really, no. I've ever, when, you, when I was younger, um, every now and then, go back in the summer and see your mates playing cricket and um, I thought it would have been good to have a hit. But as the years have gone on, um, I think I'll go back and play it socially, but I haven't regretted it as such, no. Yeah. No. We've obviously had a wonderful AFL career, but I think you come from a cricket background. I was going to ask you about your nickname of Bunger. Yeah. Um, talk us about that and talk us uh, about your family connection. Yeah, so... Um, I'm sixth generation. Um, we, we grew up on a farm in Brosser Valley, still have that. Um, and always, like, well, ever since, well, granddad's spoken to me about it and dad, but I think going way back, um, oh, I don't know, I think it was about four or five brothers. They just played a lot of cricket and a lot of footy for um, local local club, Angerston. Um, granddad played 10 years of Shield cricket, but I think there was about 50 or 60 games, played a lot of. Um, grey cricket for Kensington, um, local football back home, and then Dad Dad was fortunate enough to play 100 and f- 135 games, I think, for Central Districts and 40-odd reserves, so there's always been a fair bit of um, sporting history in the, in the family, so um, my sister plays a lot of netball as well, um, so we've always been pretty... Um, fortunate on that side. Yeah. Well, thank God we uh, we didn't lose you to cricket. Um, you started at the West Coast Eagles in 2006, which was obviously a huge year for the club in the winning premiership. You weren't part of the premiership team. Talk us through that time. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's always... Um, I think when you get drafted, it's always pretty exciting, and especially if you can go to a club that's um, pretty well, playing some good football and going to be pretty close to a premiership. So 
the previous year to that, um, lost to Sydney in 2005. And coming over here, I think the main thing that really stood out for me was um, the way blokes trained and the way they went about their football. So when, you, when you're young, you think that's what it is. But you get older and they're really driven players. I mean, you can rattle off um, all the superstar players, but you know there was a couple of blokes like Rowan Jones, Rowan Jones, Josh Wooden, Drew Banfield, blokes like that. Just they they trained um, exceptionally, uh, well, I suppose well and understood what they needed to do. So that's probably um, looking at it coming in really helped me. Um, as I got older, what, what football was required. So when you're a young fella and you come in, you always think, oh, you know, um, footy's all right. I can I can get it sorted out. But they really set a high standard, and I think it helps you for um, later on in life. Sometimes you think they get a bit, not not that they're harsh, because they go, mate, you know, we need, you need to do that better because you're not up to the, to the standard. And you go, oh, bloody hell. But you understand that's what it is to be a successful team, to be a successful player. You need to have pretty high standards, and you need to be able to do it all the time. Yeah. So I learned some really good lessons early. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and even going back towards that, um, I was fortunate enough to be at Central Districts, and oh, mate, um, they would they, they I think they they were twelve straight grand finals and won uh, nine. Um, but there were some players through there that had um, ex AFL um, experience, like Daniel Healy, I think Simon Arnott, Heath Hopwood, Gowan's boys, Stein, uh, Nathan Steinburner. So a lot of names there, and then even um, at, at cricket Northern Districts, so I got to play a game with Darren Lehman, Graham Manu, who kept one game, Ryan Harris, Mark Cosgrove, Mark Higgs. So I had a lot of guys early on that I think I was really fortunate enough from a leadership point of view um, that really helped me in, in, in a simple way what what sport was about and how to be successful in it. Yeah. It was obviously off the back of the premiership then. It was also a sort of tumultuous time um, around the footy club. And whilst I don't want to get into too much detail around that, what did you learn during that period? Uh, yeah, well, it probably changed um, a bit of my view because I always thought football or sport was about sport. So if you're playing football, um, that's what it's about and... Um, that's all that really mattered. But I think f- from then, and it's probably a good thing, has changed that um, in a football sense, but sporting terms, you have to be a, um, a good role model towards the community. And um, the thing that I just I just found from that is while all those players that were spoken about um, and a lot of people talk about Benny, Benny Cousins, um, his football sense for how he helped younger players I still think was was um, excellent as I alluded to before about the way he trained the way he went about his football yes off-field stuff not so much so for, for me um, I think that was um, and, and a lot of the other younger guys is yes we knew it was about football but then we also understood that well, we need to make sure that um, we we set good standards on and off the field about being a good person what's wrong or right I think players understand that but if you can actually action it, that's the difference between, um, I suppose, having a really good culture or, or not. Yeah, okay. Look, the, what I want to focus on in this podcast is leadership. Um, yep. And we're, we're talking to all the AFL captains around leadership. As I said before, you're heading into your fifth season as, as captain of the club. What's the biggest lessons you've learned so far about leadership? Oh, um, well, I th- I, there, there's a few. I think... Um, my, my my first my first year, um, I probably tried to do too much. I thought um, 
you know, you become a captain, so you should be all, all over everything. And, and yes, you should be understanding what's going on, but you shouldn't have to do it all yourself. Um, what, what you need to be able to do is, uh, as I've got older and understood more, is, um, you know, for example, in football terms, I mean, yes, you need to understand what the forward line's doing and the midfield's doing, but make sure you have a couple of players. So Josh Kennedy, for example, at the forward line, used to be Matty Prittis um, through the midfield. Just you can have a chat to them and... Um, see that they understand what's going on and then let them do that bit instead of trying to, you know, tell the forwards how to play players so forward. And empower midfield. empower your, your teammates. That, that's pretty much what it is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then getting understanding of what players' um, views and how they think and um, I suppose what they're feeling because um, growing up, it's always, oh, well, this is how it is and tend to think that that's what it was. But then you realise... You know, very quickly in your early 20s that there's numerous different ways to play football to to be a leader yep. um, and I suppose um, I had to learn reasonably quickly with, with that and that's probably more in my 20s but even when I became um, a captain is that people have different reasons why they want to play footy yes I think it is to be to be able to win a premiership but they go about things differently so you need to understand numerous different sides of um well, of the coin, I suppose, and try to help those players get the best out of themselves. That's that's what it really is. Yeah, I think you said on um, sort of publicly that when you started out, you sort of went away from being yourself early on. Sort of that was just yeah. trying to trying to be yeah. all things to everybody. Yep. And how quickly do you reckon you sort of learnt that oh. that wasn't the best way to do it? Oh, uh, I probably th- uh, probably after 18, 18 months, I suppose, roughly about that. I. I Probably, yeah, we we're very fortunate. We had a good year in 2015. Um, and, I, I, yeah, it was probably a bit after that, reflecting on that season. Um, as much as I wanted to do things a bit differently, uh, I just think I just not so much got caught in caught into it, but I just, um, it, I just did, not that I didn't do it my way, but I didn't really do what I believed I should have been doing. Yeah. So probably a bit of confidence, a bit more understanding what you can and can't do. Um, and going into what was that 2015, so going into 2016, I just thought I got a pretty good handle on it, um, pretty much as the year went on. Yeah, yeah. Have you got people that you turn to um, as mentors or for advice? I mean, I'm assuming you've got coaches and people within the footy club. Yeah. But have you also got some people outside. Yeah. So I've, I'm, well, unfortunately, I actually I've got a couple of people inside the footy club, um, and, I, and I think that's that's always good in inside your whatever business you're in. So footy, cricket business whatever it is so you can bounce a few ideas off people but also it's just as important to have them outside so um i had a couple of mates that um get along really well with back home that can talk to about just you know, more diff- not, not so much leadership stuff but just different views on yeah. life and how to go about things but there's there's um there's two or three people that i've um really respect their opinion outside of footy and they, they like they understand football but they're removed from it yeah um, and it's always great to talk to them about um, how important do you reckon things? that is that to have some, oh. like, let's put yourself into any leader's position yep. how important is do you think it is to have a mentor or someone you can talk to and about these types of things oh well very important um and sometimes um well, i think you've got to find someone that you connect with because yes 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 sometimes um you know someone might go oh gee shannon hearns yeah, he's a very good bloke. Do you want him to be a mentor? But the person mightn't connect with myself. So you've got to find someone that you can connect to. And um, so sometimes you want to find it that um, people just agree with you. So yep. they just agree with your opinion. And 
you don't really want that. You still want someone that can show show you the other side of things and um, can not so much have a disagreement or an argument, but they can they can throw up things and really challenge your idea or what your view is. Yeah, terrific. So I. Um in doing some research for this interview, yeah. um, I've spoken to a few of your teammates and uh, about the type of leader you are. Got some some really good feedback about. It. I think the things that that came through were um, you're never flustered, you love the pressure of the game, you give clear verbal directions, you're a no frills sort of bloke, you're very balanced, you're never moody, and you keep things very simple. Are they do they resonate with you? And are they deliberate or is that just Shannon Hearn? Oh. Probably all those things I think are a little bit natural, and some things you work on as well. Um, um, I used to get a bit grumpy the longer the preseason goes on, so that one might that one might have changed a little bit. But I think um, I've always tried to keep things reasonably simple. Um, um, with with talking as much, you just want to keep that clear. So understand a lot more now. People want. Um, want direction they want to be really clear on their role what their role is or what what they need to be doing but um, the way you I suppose teach the game or what standards or what expectations you have if you keep that pretty simple um, I think that helps the the, the players and I've always been I've never wanted to tell people how to do it I've always wanted to give people um, a leash so to so to speak so um, if you let people grow and let it and let them learn Yes, they might make a mistake every now and then, um, but as long as it's not a, you know, a really big drastic one, you can always you can always work with it. Because if you're always telling a player what to do, what to do, how to do it, he gets to 24, and he hasn't really learned how to make his own decisions. And I think that's a little bit in general with 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 football and um, AFL these days. Is you need to let blokes give them direction and give them some guidelines, but you need to let them be able to learn. Because I reckon that helps them men later on, or in their football career, but later on in their life. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I might actually come back to that. I just, I just want to um, pick up a point around. Like, do you have some leadership philosophies that that you live by? Oh, well, well, a couple of them, I suppose, um, I spoke to is um, um, try to give people uh, like let people have ownership, and I think that was a thing that early in early. Um, in my first years being a captain, I probably not so much I didn't let people um, take ownership. I was probably telling them too much, you know, how to go about it, and making yeah. sure they're all over it. So well, they call it being a belly, being a helicopter almost. You don't <laughs> you don't want to do that because people you, you just want to give people. Um, um, it's, it's not giving them a, a false feeling or a feeling, but but that they that they belong, that what they're doing is important, and that they're contributing to the club. Yeah. Um, that's all. That's probably what I've been trying to do, um, and I suppose, well, um, doing the basics well as well. So as you touched on before, yes, no, <coughs> no, no frills. You know, playing the back line. Um, don't get too, don't get. Well, you know, I really enjoy football and really get excited. But I've always viewed f- football as well. It's about getting the job done, and um, I just think if you can do those basic things and set a good example. Um, everyone's got different personalities, different flair, and you, you, you want people to have personalities, um, not not knock it out of them. So we've had a couple of great examples at the club, but Chris Maston's been a fantastic um, bloke and player. You know, he's a bit more louder than what I am. Yeah. So you don't ever want to say, hey, mate, yeah, it's a bit too loud, calm it down. You want him to be himself because that helps him play, play his best football. Yeah. 
so it sounds like you're sort of very consultative. You're very, you're very much um, inclusive with the, with the playing group um, as some of your strengths. I mean, the keeping it simple and no frills and, and very balanced was a clear strength in the eyes of your teammates. Are there other things you look at and go, this is what I think my strengths are? Oh, yeah, look, I suppose you probably actually should have a better understanding exactly what you do, but I, I, I think... Um, they are probably the main ones, Marshy, but uh, I, I suppose having an understanding of what's what's um, required and um, having a bigger picture in mind. So so sometimes, um, just in general, life, business, football, all that stuff, I think um, um, you know, we are in a win-loss business and can be very short-term. So if you lose two games in a row, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're no good, you're going to finish last. So, Particularly in a place like Perth. Yeah, it is. But I, I, I think I tend to, um, most of the time, have a pretty um, broader view and a longer-term view. Yes, you need to um, understand what's going on from day to day, but I think that that's something that I try to um, help you know, help and pass on with the playing group because if 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 you are just um, hung up on your your wins and losses, well, when you win, you're you know, top of the world. When you yeah. lose, well, you're no good. And I think trying to have a reasonable balance on and perspective of on football and life, um, that's something that I've that I think I do reasonably well. But with all with all this stuff, whatever decision I do, someone's going to say, "Geez, yeah, Bunga was a good captain," and someone's going to say, "Yeah, he was useless." So <laughs> that's just how it goes. So so let me just ask you. I mean. You know, I know you well enough to know that you you know you wouldn't just be resting on what you're doing now, and you'd be continually looking to improve in all parts of your life. But in, in specifically around your leadership of this football club, is there anything that you th- you're really focusing on? Uh, well, well, the 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 two probably the two main ones that um, um, I'm, I'm I'm focusing on is one is keep powering, keep um, understanding what. Um, each individual player is about and trying to have a good relationship with him so that you can get the best out of his football um that that's a that's a that's 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 always an ongoing one and um more than not it's just have giving time it's just giving time and asking how they're going so that's one that we're working on and the other one is um i suppose it's not so much um a, a presence thing or or something like that. It's more just um, sometimes you, we can, you know, we can talk a, talk around the bush and be, but just just to be a bit more precise um, in some meetings. Yeah, they're, they're the two two probably ones that I'm trying to trying to look at. You still need to make sure everyone has their opinion and everyone has their view and you understand what it's about. But yeah. just you know, now nah, boys, we've 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 spoken about this. This is what we're doing. Yeah, and do you get to those? You know, the two things you you clear on there is that. Sort of self assessment is that peer assessment or is the co- is that all coaches? Is it a bit of everything? Oh, it's probably a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, um, once again, you try to ask. Yeah, like um, yeah, some of the players they they don't want to upset the captain or the coach, so I say no, no, mate, that was a great meeting, well done. So, so you always try to ask um, a couple of people that you know will will give you their honest view. But um, I tend to think that I reflect and understand reasonably well but you can also miss miss things so you you got to ask other people yeah so i was going to ask you and you brought it up um you know, one of the jobs of any leader is to bring out the best in those people around you and you know, clearly from the discussion we're having here that's a 
huge focus of, of you. Can I ask you sort of two things? Um, firstly, how do you actually get the time? How do you get to do it? Because you've got a bloody busy life being an AFL captain. Um, and how, so how do you get the time to spend with them? And then how do you actually bring out the best in them? Yeah, um, well, it's probably just by spending time, I think, um, Paul. So um, I... When, when 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 I say when football finishes, when the day finishes, I tend to um, like to be able to switch off a bit and like my own space. So that's something that I've had to be able to try to do is um, make self more available, yeah. so players can you know ring up, have a chat. You can take blokes out for lunch, coffee, dinner. Um, but and I'm still working on this. I still think what it is is in, in a so for whatever reason in a social environment, players. And this is, I think, just general thing. People are just a bit more relaxed, and yep. you know, they are who they are. In a footy club, everyone's a bit more guarded. They don't want to say the wrong thing, don't want to do the wrong thing. So, try to make it as relaxed as possible. Normally, that's away from the footy club. But just, yeah, have, having a having a chat. Just, you know, what's your view on footy? Um, what do you like about well, life, football, so forth? And um, trying to understand what what they're about, and let them feel not let them. Well, yeah, we'll let them, I suppose. Let them feel comfortable with how they can fit into the system and, and play it their way. Because if you force someone to do it and they don't quite agree with it or don't believe in it, I don't think they give a... Not that they don't give 100%, but they're not proper committed. And to be a very good player and team, you need to be well well, well committed to the cause. Yeah. The other thing I said I was going to swing back on this one was, um, yeah, I guess understanding that you've got to give players their, their rope and that it's, you know, don't hang them on the back of mistakes. And before he's a brutal, it's a brutal industry yeah. and you review, unlike any other probably industry and, um, I mean, certainly in the business world, you just review, review, review. So you have a game, you lose the game, let's say, on the weekend, you come in on a Monday and you do a, a review of pretty microscopically. How do you deal with it when a player makes a clear mistake or breaches a team rule? How, how do you deal with that? Yeah, well... This is again, I think, growing as a as a well, leader and a person. Probably when early days it was, mate, what the hell are you doing? You know what you're meant to be doing. Um, whereas now it's making sure um, that the player actually properly understands what's going on. Um, and sometimes, um, and 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 more experienced player, I would expect understands what's going on. So if he misreads a cue once or twice. Well, that happens because you play a game of footy and and you you know you you misread the game, you do whatever. So that's that's fine. But if it becomes a, a pattern and it's a um, you know one week, two week, probably three week thing, then you start get pretty mate. You know what, what are you doing? We need you to play this way, otherwise you you know it's hurting you, it's hurting the team, and we're not going to win. And all of a sudden you're not going to win the team, and then you're not playing AFL, and then you fall out the system. So that's how I tend to. Um, Explain that one, and then when you when when the younger guys coming through, um, it's probably more about the concept and the philosophy. Because yep. if yeah, you know, mate, if you're a I don't know, if you if you're a winger and you're sweeping in a stoppage, well, you could probably be standing anywhere within a four meter radius, and it's probably the right spot. And it's very hard to know which one's the right spot to be in yep. at, at, at that certain time. So. For them, that's probably tends to be a bit more, you know, they're learning while you still need some hard and fast rules for them, not letting them do what they want. Um, if they understand the philosophy and they're trying to do the right thing and trying to play team football, always try to give blokes um, 
it's not, it's not it's not a leash and it's not trying to give blokes um, an out. But if they're trying to do the team 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 stuff, understand what's going on, and always trying to learn, you always try to help the player. And I think that you know you don't get as uh, annoyed or grumpy as such as what you might be when they just want to do it their way and aren't trying to play to the team rules. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you're doing the um, the coaching teaching on the field as well as post the match. Yes, yeah. Um, I think well, pre pre season and um, during the weeks when you should really be nutting that stuff out. So, but go. I think um, from a you know, senior player, more experienced, and something we've talked about is during during the week, you know, really help educate in the field. Talk about what what works, what doesn't work, where they can stand. Because um, of playing the back line, get to talk to the forwards a lot about you know, mate, that was really good. You know, you led well there, you stayed dangerous or Mate, don't go there because you know, that's that's just dead space, and we yeah. can drop off you. Um, so all all during the preseason and the training, really try to do a heap of work. Game day is probably more direct, so it's you can't really um, sit there and explain it for ten seconds because the game goes so quick. But then your quarter time break or your, your your game breaks after the game, and then Monday or Tuesday you sit down and, and you explain it. Yeah. Um, so Bunga, just sort of talking about the review. When you do lose a game, and you guys win more than you lose, but do you sort of look at how you can turn that into a positive experience, and how do you do that? Um, yeah, I do. I'm probably, you know, well, it's always easy when um, when you're not the um, driving the bus or flying the plane as such. Um, everyone's got an opinion, um, but I just think when you when you review a game, if you win or lose by ten goals, you should still be reviewing. Um, Whatever your you know, your game rules, your structures are, how you want to play the game. So, of course, if you lose by lose by ten goals, you've probably done a few um, things uh, worse than what you would have done if you yeah. won by ten goals. But um, if you keep being pretty consistent in the way you um, review the game, and that doesn't mean that every time you get up there and talk, it's the uh, same clip and same this and same message, and it goes for the same time. It's just. Um, if if uh, if if you if you won three games in a row by ten goals, and you know, as a team you've been you know, you've been a bit lazy in in defence or covering off, and then all of a sudden you 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 play another game and you lose, and they go, oh mate, that's poor defence. You you have to cover off there. Well, you know I reckon that bloke's go, well mate, I've been doing it for four weeks, and we haven't said anything. All of a sudden we've lost, and you you're bringing that up, so. Is it you just we've lost and you're upset, so you told me off, or am I not doing it wrong? So am I not doing it right? So if you're reasonably consistent on it, yeah, yeah, but it's always trying to put a positive, not so much put a positive spin on it, but um, teaching it in a way that helps go forward, which will then be in a positive view. Yeah. How do you balance the sort of leadership requirements with making sure your own game is at the standard it needs to be? Is that is that difficult? Oh yeah, and I think that was something that I didn't do that well in my first 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 year. 18 months um, and that's probably um, what I was getting back to before about um, letting play- players take ownership of their own program so yes during the week um, explain talk what's what's it about but then you need to make sure that what you're getting out what you need to do so that's with training and then when you're playing um, not so much being out there coaching as such you need to be out there playing your role so it probably took me a little bit to to get right um, and I think just feeling comfortable with it, Paul, um, that that helps a lot more. And you know, players understand what's going on. I think it always takes a, a bit of time, but 
what is it? Yeah, um, however long I've been going for now, you just feel more comfortable in it, and then you also know when when you actually individually need a bit of time, so yep. you can make sure you um, you still got yourself right, and you're still preparing how you need to prepare, and then you can go out and you can give blokes more time. So I think as you get older, you understand more about. Um, it's probably more. Well, sorry, I'll start again. When when you're younger, it's probably more about you. Like yeah. when you prepare, it's just oh, I need to do this to play well and do this for the team. But then you get older and you know what you need to do, and then you can help branch out and help others. Do you reckon there's a um, is there a time limit on how long you can be a captain of an you know an elite sporting team? Yeah, what well, always gets well, I won't say always gets, but it seems to be getting talked about a bit more and more about succession planning um, players. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know, but I always think that um, um, whoever it is, if they're the best bloke for the job, well, they can keep doing it. So, um, yeah, Nick Rewalt, did he captain two hundred games? Yeah, very close to. You yeah. would have been very close to, I reckon. But yep. some of those blokes that you see that that do it for eight to ten years, um, I'd, I'd, I'm not sure. I'd have to be asked them personally. Sometimes um, you hear some things that they can potentially get. Worn down a little bit just by the little little things. Um, is there a timeline? Oh, I, I, I don't really know to be honest. But you, enjoy, you enjoy it? Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I do like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's with anything. There's some good things and some things you, you know, do, do we have to do that? But that's part. That's part of the role and part of again setting an example. Because <clears throat> if I'm sitting there having a whinge about certain things and then we ask a player to do something different than what he's normally to do well if I'm sitting having a whinge he's probably going to have a whinge as yeah, well exactly. so that, that's something that you always try to keep in the back of your mind yeah can, can I touch on leadership groups I think you know they're obviously every club's got them um, I have a few questions here firstly you know what's the role of the leadership group and how important do you think they are um, well I think a leadership group is important but as my time's gone on, they seem to be getting more and more. So sometimes, you know, it's half half the team. Um, I've always been a bit more where, you know, you have captain, vice captain, and you might have two other players that yeah. you can get to. So granddad always gave me a bit of good advice. He reckons that if you want a decision made, there should be two of you. One of you should always stay at home. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the leadership group is important. And but but you know, four or five blokes, you try to have different. Not so much different personalities, but um, because you still want the best people that are there for there that should be in there. But you need a couple of different views, um, players that connect with different playing groups as such, because yep. you've got forty-five players and everyone's a bit different. Um, and then outside out, outside of that, I think you can still have merging leadership groups. How that works, um, but um, I just think if it doesn't matter if you're in a senior leadership group or merging leadership group or not, you should always be trying to, you know, like when I say lead, do do the right thing. Doing the right thing is leading yeah. and trying to help the club. So, yeah, that's that's where I'll probably I sit on that. Lots of difficult issues are now sort of falling to the leadership group, and I mean you guys haven't had many of these in recent times, but their leadership group is often involved in the disciplining of a teammate, a mate. Yeah, <laughs> how difficult. Do you, do you find that, and how do you work through that? Well, it it it's again the more you do, the more you're not so much comfortable, but um, it's not as hard. It's still hard, especially you know I've been fortunate enough. I haven't we haven't really had too much, and it hasn't really been um, something of 
um, drastic measure. And if that was the case, it's probably normally the club makes the decision anyway. So it's probably more minor little minor little things that, as a playing group, whether you know do you stand for that or do you not, and it's. Um, it's more just being able to have the conversation with a player. So the first couple of times you do that, it's always a little bit... Um, it, well, it is uncomfortable, for sure. Um, but as long as you can have um, a good relationship with a player, and this is where I was going back to before, if, um, and this takes time. If you can have a, a pretty good um, um, rapport with, with the players, that hopefully they can, st- you, they can understand where I'm coming from and you understand where they're coming from but you can still explain it in the best interest of the team. So it's not a personal thing. So it's not, you know, Shannon doesn't like Joe Blow or Joe Blow doesn't like Shannon. It's like, mate, this is what we require to be a good team. So if you, if you didn't have um, those relationships, I think it would make it harder. Yeah. So that's really you're touching on communication, how important yeah. that is. So yeah. um, you touched on also there's 45 blokes yeah. and you know there are guys that are just coming out of school and yep. there are guys that are, are married with kids yep how, how do you i mean you also talked before about how you have really invested time in getting to know these guys what yeah. what do you think about communication like how do you actually make sure you can you know, have those conversations oh well that's always that's 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 a good question marty um um i just think oh you probably grow up with different different players, and you're um, probably in your age group, <laughs> so you tend to get a good, you know, conversation with them, and you got something in common. So, you know, I like fishing and doing stuff outside of footy, and um, you tend to have rapport with them. And then, you know, going to the gym, and you got eighteen, nineteen year olds playing some music that I've never ever heard before. <laughs> um, sometimes you go, "Geez, well, how's this work?" And social media, but um, the communication thing is is just. You know, it can be for a minute, it can be for 10 minutes. It's just asking how they're going, asking how they're going with the host family. Um, do you understand what we're trying to do um, in this football sense? But then also, you know, how's their life going? So footy, how are the parents going? Um, especially interstate players, you yeah. know, how are you feeling with that? So I don't know if it's asked you, uh, answered your question, but communication is just talking and asking a question pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. So I think the... <laughs> I've also sort of touched on like, there's so many competing interests that an AFL player has, an AFL captain, and even at a higher level. You know, you've got your club, you've got your teammates, you've got the AFL, you've got sponsors, you've got media, you've got the AFLPA, you've got all these different people who are wanting a bit of your time. How do you balance it all up? Well, <clears throat> probably just try to do things that, um, not, and, and this, this is not trying to say you pick and choose, but you just try to do the things that, um, that are probably necessary. Um, so I've been very fortunate enough that get on well, you know, um, with some people in the club that you that you get to talk to about certain events, and you, you have to go along because you represent the club, and that's always it's never been an issue. But you always want to try and make it um, worthwhile. And um, the thing that uh, when, when you're younger, you don't quite understand it because you think, oh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But you get older and you understand, and especially being a captain, vice captain, whatever it is. You're representing the club at all times, so you always try to, as I touched on before, set it, set a good example. But to keep a balance is, I think, when when you're doing it, you just make sure you do it. Don't think about other stuff. So if you're training, you're training. If you got to go um, do some clinics, um, uh, meetings, going to Melbourne for different stuff, that's just what it is. That's part of the job, and just just along the way, you just have to enjoy it. But I always try to make sure that I also um, 
you know, have some time for myself. So as I touched on before, I like I like fishing. So that's my getaway. So yep. it doesn't mean you go every day to get away from it, but every now and then um, you just need to go. Oh, yeah, just need to get away, have a fish, yep. do something that you actually really want to do. Yeah. So what? I just want to go one further on the competing yeah. interest. So there'll be time where let's just use an example of the playing group wants something to happen it might be a change in the schedule it might be something that's that's that the playing group is is worked up about yep that the club may have a different view of how do you deal with those quite difficult issues with yep. the competing interests and you're almost you're almost stuck in the middle in many yeah. respects yeah yes it is well i think you always got to be um for, for the for the playing group that's what it is but also um yeah, you know, if 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 that was the case with with training or so forth, I do think our club is quite good with it. But if they said no, this is what we're doing, um, go respect that because that's that's what it is. I mean, you can't all sit down and have a strike and go, no, well, mate, we'll we'll we, you know, we'll, we'll we'll train at Subi. You can go over there and um, yeah, we'll do our own thing. So you you need to you know what I've tried to do is is when you're talking to the coaches about that is this is the reason why like this is what the player's thinking. Um, what do you think? No, nah, this is what we're doing. Okay, why is that? And you go, yep, sweet, no worries. And then you just need to go back and filter it back to the players. Yeah. So, so understanding um, both sides. Yeah. And, it, and, and almost trying to work through yeah. solutions. And there's always that. a little bit of give and take sometimes. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you if you're always doing the things you want to do it, well, sometimes blokes never train and you know getting all these holidays. So, um, need to understand both both sides of it but it's for the best interest of well is this going to really help my footy if it is well let's do it if it's not well mate can we can we come to an arrangement arrangement here can i so we we came and met with all the players yesterday yep. um and you know we've talked about a number of issues one of which was mental health as yeah. a, an issue that's presenting amongst the whole playing group as you know probably the most significant issue yep. yeah i mean you guys are under significant pressure to perform you're you know heavily scrutinized no, unlike most jobs or any job really your everything you do is on public show how do you go about creating a sort of good safe environment or culture so at, at, yeah. at a time where things are so difficult here is this something you guys are thinking about focusing on and what are you doing about it yeah we well we certainly are and um probably the last well when i when i first got here um in a degree that that was how we were um um trying to help change things and and we probably got a bit of a head start on it, and I think the club does it well. But in general, with the with the well being and so forth, it's yeah. You know, I don't quite have a an answer on it, but it, um, you know, there's, to repeat your question a bit, like the social media side of things. Um, you know, if you if you play well, everyone likes you. If you if you lose, people go, oh, "What's going on?" You know, Shannon Hearn shouldn't be playing. He's too old. Get rid of him. So. Um, inside the inside the club, you need to make sure that um, you aren't distracted by the outside influences. Now you need to understand what's going on, but you can't let them dictate how you want to go about your football. You need to be really clear about the path you, path you want to do, and keep going keep going along that. Yes, it you know you, you, you zigzag a little bit, but don't don't fishtail as such and go off as right angles. So. Um, as a club, we've been doing some wellness stuff this year, um, which which I think is going to have a lot of impact. Um, we have mentors um, through players and coaches with with the younger guys, um, but we just try to get players. And this is the broader view, which, which I always try to pass on: is mate, like <laughs> the only people you really got to 
please is when it's yourself, it's it's is is the club and what they required. So if you're doing your job, um, yeah, it might be flashy and you might be getting all the touches and kicking goals and such, but we 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 love that. We love what you're doing and you'll be in the game. Media might be saying otherwise, but try not to let that affect you. So um, that's just an example we talk about. And as with life after football. I think that's just a general thing where people get a bit stressed yeah, about it because yeah. you've always wanted to play footy. You understand if you get to 30, well, geez, it's a good career, but you still have to do something different. So, um, again, try not to let football define who who you are. So, so a bit of perspective. You sounds like you you, know, you focus on you know reality yeah. and perspective. And yeah, that's probably that, that's probably what it is, mate. And geez, I don't think there is any golden um, cure to it because I think a lot of people now are. Um, or, or businesses are understand the importance of it, yeah. and it's 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 a little bit of um, uh, I, you know <coughs> letting the players or people be themselves. Um, I think that helps if they feel they have to be someone else. That just adds on more pressure, um, and I think in a way. You know, football is a pressure game and you always want to bloody win a grand final and do that stuff. But if you can get blokes to do the best they can do, well, that's all you can do. And I think if you teach that way, review that way, um, that tends to help people be able to deal with winning and losing and things not going their way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, I'm keen to understand, you know, when you look back and this is all all over and you've moved on and you've got your fishing business up and yeah. you're selling red wine out of the Barossa. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do hear that you you don't mind a glass of red wine from some of your teammates. Uh, how would you like to be remembered from a leadership yeah. perspective? I know that's, that's a hard question, but yeah. how would you... If, well, if, what's the most important thing that you'd like to be remembered for? Well, I got asked that question the first day as now it's captain. I always said, I always want to be... You know, how do you want to be remembered as captain? I said, oh, well, premiership one. So I still love that to be the case, but... Um, I'd I'd love it just to be, you know, you know, Shannon um, did what he thought was right, um, you know, kept things pretty simple, but um, tried to let players do it their way. Um, they're probably the three things. So it's always nice to be respected and yep. did a good job and set a good example. Um, and I suppose, yeah, you know, I suppose respected just respected is always a good one because. Yeah, you know, as I said before, someone's going to say, you know, geez, how was Shannon as a captain? They go, oh, he was no good. Um, and someone's going to say he's the best ever. So as long as you're respected, yeah. I, I think that that's how it is. But to be respected is by doing things that you firmly believe in, not not what other people yeah. believe in. So to be able to stand on your own two feet, make your own decisions and do it in the best interest of the team. Yeah. So there's a couple of things there, I reckon, you know, that the traits of great leaders I'm not going to continue to hammer the point but yeah. you've got real clarity around what you and you maybe didn't when you started but you've you know you've got real clarity about the things that are important to you yeah um, which is which is critical and there's yep. a real sort of principled authenticity to that you yeah know? and I think that's really important I think you know what I see with a lot of the AFL leaders you know people see them as a you know just footballers yep. but um, you know they are genuine leaders in their own right and could walk into leadership positions in many organisations and the, you know the grounding that you guys have had is in some respects incredible and I, and I just wanted to use that as maybe a segue to um, to actually say what do you think business leaders could learn from AFL captains about leadership well it probably worked well <clears throat> it'd be a great thing to be able to bounce off of each other I, th- I, I think 
um, um, we're very fortunate enough in the club where we've got some very good people, business people in WA, but which are over the state, and being able to chat to them. I think the main the main one is just sometimes the the man management. You know, it gets thrown around a bit and it's pretty broad, but um, um, how to get the best out of people is what I've touched on. But you know, we've got well forty five players. Some people are dealing with. 10,000 employees so how can you get you know like as a CEO pass on his message down there now that's always very hard but I think um, in, in, a, in a sense is having good people around you um, that can help that you know you trust and they can do the job so oh mate it sounds like you, you. I mean, you guys are constantly working on it as well. I mean, yeah, constantly reviewing where you're at. Yeah, you know, you've evolved over the short period of time you've been doing it. Yep. Like not all leaders take the time to do that. No, prob- well, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know, mate. I'm still. Yeah, <laughs> I just got the footy football experience. I don't really have too much of the life business as someone would when they're bloody in, in, like, in the seventies. They've been yeah. doing it for forty years, so you are always constantly evolving. But um, it's not so much that you know. <laughs> you always want to say that AFL players are, do a good job, and, and, and we 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 do. And it's not trying to say we're any better than um, people in the business world. They've probably got more strengths than us. But it's it's probably what you said. You're right. Is you always well? You probably understand who you are. Yeah. You understand who you are as a person. Um, you try to be as clear as you can on what what's needed and what you expect, and then you just pass that on. Like if you do those two things. You know, I think uh, it doesn't matter if you're country football, you know, prime minister, um, for football. I, I, I think that's the way to go. I, I just want to touch on one more bit of this. I think yep. one of the things that when when I talk to sort of business leaders, who particularly those that have had. Um, you know, exposure to AFL or sporting leaders, one of the things that, that always surprises them is just how brutally direct the sporting leaders can okay. be. Yeah. So the way you might review a game and actually talk to your players, and in yeah. some respects in the business where a lot of times that sort of feedback isn't given as directly. Yep. Um, I'm interested in, your, you know, how, how does that actually work within the dynamic of a footy club, that sort of directness of feedback? Has that changed at all too over the last decade? Um, yeah, well, that's probably... You, you that's a great point you probably raised there with that, Paul. Um, it probably has changed over my time. I remember my first, I, was, I reckon I spoke about um, when I was first at Central Districts and Northern Districts. Like, just to t- tell the story quickly, I, I was in the nets and Graham Manu was bowling off spin and they didn't turn. But anyway, like, <laughs> okay. he, he hit I'm not me surprised on, to hear yeah, that. No, like, um, I, you know, I block one and I pick one up and underarm it back to him. And I still thought he could have caught it, but it wasn't a good throw. And he, he stared me down and. And he, um, next ball he bowled, hit me on the pad and he gave me a few swear words and told me to get out. And that was just, um, and I thought he didn't like me, but all he's doing was trying to test your character. Yeah. So that is a f- pretty direct way um, into seeing what, how's a player going to react. Now, I think those times have changed a bit. I still think there has to be a lot, a bit of that because when you're playing football, you get challenged and you've got to see what type of, how they're going to react, how you're going to react. You know, if a player's kicked two goals on you, three goals on your grand final, are you still going to come back and do what you're meant to be doing? So with the direct feedback as such, is the only main difference is, I reckon it probably used to be a bit more personal. Yep. Now Nowadays, it's it's more, it's, it's not so much personal, it's more about this is what we expect you to do. Um, but it's still, I believe it still has to be pretty direct because if you beat around the bush um, a bit, 
I don't want to say the words. I don't want to say soft, but if you're a bit, you know, mushy on it and wishy-washy, I think you, the the player doesn't get what he needs, and then I reckon the player also goes well. Not so much you don't respect respect, but you go well. I don't really know what he wants, but if you're pretty clear and yeah. give some firm direction, well, the player knows what what's expected, and if he doesn't agree with it, he can say, oh, what about this? And yeah. That's fine. And you also talked about consistency before, and that and that's something in the business world at times where it, it, it's sometimes easy to walk past a bit of feedback that you, you you maybe should give. But you know, this your structures depend on it here. Yeah. You, you made a really strong point around, you know, you've got to be consistent whether you're winning or losing. Yeah. So that's something that football leaders do particularly well. Yeah. yeah, 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 it is, and it's just been that consistency. So if you pick and choose, well, players seem to reckon pick and choose when they want to do things as well. So you've got to be yeah, be pretty consistent with it. Righto, mate. I'm going to finish off with um, a little segment we're calling the Fast Five. Some quick, quick five questions. So, yep. first one is, who's the captain you most admire in the AFL? Oh, um, always used to, well, always used to be Mark Rusciuto. Um, he's 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 left now, but uh, I, th- I think Joel Selwood tends to do a very good job. Um, he's done it for for a long period of time. Plays well. Um, whenever you hear him talk, I think he tends to have a pretty broad sense. So. Um, he'd probably be the one. Okay, the player you most admire in the AFL? Uh, well, there's numerous different ones that that you actually look at and you go, "Geez, he's a pretty good player." But um, I suppose it's with a bit of captaincy as well. Jared, Jared Ruffhead, I think, is always um, from what I've seen from afar, goes about football in the right way. Yeah. Um, he tends to. Um, yeah, it's probably people that you own opinions that you tend to like, but he tends to he tends to seems like he keeps things pretty simple. He always plays well. Um, Good country lad, like yeah, you. yeah. You always look after the country boys. So yeah, Jared Ruffhead. Okay. Now this is a difficult question, but if you weren't playing for Adam Simpson, which coach would you most like to play for? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um. Uh, probably, well, maybe Pikey Don Pike. So he was here for he was here for two years. We had him for two years, and yep. I always liked the, liked his philosophy on football. And um, yeah, I, th- I thought he did it pretty well and understood the game quite well. So probably be Pikey, okay. and it's back in Adelaide as well, yeah. so it works out well. Very good. Funniest teammate at the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, some, blo- some blokes think they're funny, but. Sam Mitchell Look, tells me um, you're not funny. Nah, I tell you what, if if us two stacked up against each other, I'd probably be funnier than him. But <laughs> look, I think um, some guys have their own unique humour. Um, Mark Lacroix has always got some pretty good humour, but um, his his jokes his jokes are pretty good. They've they've waned as he's got a bit older, but um, his practical jokes are pretty good. Good. All right, we might tease that out. Last question. Uh, so. Think back to your first year as captain. What advice would you give to an AFL captain about to embark on his first season in charge? Yeah. Ah. Uh, well, you, you're never really going to be, I suppose, ready for it. Um, doesn't matter what you do. You just need to be doing it by experience. But the main thing is, I think, be really clear with what your goals, what your behaviours and what your views are. If, if you're clear on that, I think... Um, you can't go wrong. You'll do different things and you go, shit, wish you would have done them better. But if you're clear on how you want to go about things, I think you'll be fine. Brilliant. Well, Shannon Hearn, thank you so much. Um, it's been great to catch up with you this morning to have a chat about leadership. 
good luck to you and the rest of the team for the uh, for the season and obviously really exciting heading to Optus Stadium for the first time so thanks for coming no worries thanks Paul